0: Hey, welcome to Grace Free Church Online. I'm so glad that you're joining us. We have an amazing service for you. I'm pumped to be back with the next message in a new space for rest. And no matter where you're watching this, no matter what's going on, I believe God's got something awesome for you. The worship's about to kick off, but before we get to that, I just wanted to mention, hey, make sure we have your contact information. Lots of incredible plans in the works for the summer and fall, including the launch of a new location, some special events and services and worship nights are being planned for the summer. All absolutely incredible experiences you're going to want to pay attention to, and the only way you're going to know that stuff's going on or how to attend or where it's at is if we have your email or cell phone number so you can get our text update or our email update once a week. We're not going to send you a bunch of garbage or flood your inbox or blow up your text messages. We're just going to send you really important stuff that we think you'll find valuable. And uh, if you're not getting an email or a text from us once a week, you're probably not signed up or we don't have your current contact information or it's hitting your spam folder, you can fix that on gracefreechurch.live, our actual online location, by hitting the gray connect button. Just taking one minute, it probably isn't going to take a minute to put your name in there and an updated email or text message. God's doing awesome stuff at Grace Free Church. It's hard to keep up with it. It is absolutely incredible, and I know this season has had its challenges, and I believe that we are on the verge of seeing the most exciting season of Grace Free Church ever, and I'm glad you're on the ride with us. If you're a part of our online location, you're a part of our church in absolute every way, don't forget to get your kids hooked up with our online uh, kids campus uh, gracefreechurch.live slash kids or just a yellow button and uh, wherever your watch is with well, youtube facebook our online location we are your church we are for you god is for you let's clear out the distractions of our hearts and our minds right now and find a new space for rest through the worship and the word this morning
1: Just one word You come the storm that surrounds me Just one word The darkness has to retreat Just one touch I feel the presence of heaven Just one touch My eyes were open to see, my heart can't help but believe, there's nothing that our God can't do, there's not a mountain that He can't move, oh praise the name that makes a way, there's nothing that our God can't do, oh just one word, you hear what's broken inside. Just one word, and you revive every dream. Oh, just one touch, I feel the power of heaven. Just one touch, my eyes were open to see. My heart can't help but believe, there's nothing that our God can't do. There's not a mountain that he can't move Oh, praise the name that makes a way There's nothing that our God can't do Oh, there's nothing that our God can't do There's not a prison wall he can't break through Oh, praise the name that makes a way There's nothing that our God let all agree there's no power like the power of jesus i will believe for greater things there's no power like the power of jesus let faith arise let all agree there's no power like his power there's nothing that our god can't do hey there's not a mountain that he can't the name that makes a way. There's nothing, there's nothing that Jesus can't do. Oh, there's nothing that our God can't do. There's not a prison wall he can't break through. Oh, praise the name that makes you way. There's nothing that Set the captives free come to set the captives free come set us free
0: What a beautiful name it is. I hope that worship was really meaningful to you and uh, man, you just got your heart and your head in front of God. God's been doing so many amazing things at Grace Free Church. I'm just so glad you're part of it. I'm glad to be back this week with a new message, a new space for rest. Um, we we'll call this one Worn Out. That's what we're going to call this one. And um, And I'm excited about about what God's doing. There's all kinds of really cool stuff happening as we move towards the launch of a new physical location. We have some really big news coming out. I'm pumped to tell you about it. We're over halfway done the campaign. Listen, the campaign, it's just going to July. I'm praying we meet our goal by July and we are over halfway done. God's doing something really special through you. I can't wait to see what he does next. I I really feel like we are on the cusp of probably what what I think will be one of the coolest, most fruitful times for Grace Free Church ever. I'm really looking forward to it. That's what happens when you're faithful to follow him. When you're faithful to follow him, even when it's uncomfortable, even in the middle of a pandemic, even when it's a stretch, even when it costs us something financially, when you're willing to follow him, he always outdoes you through his blessing for your life. Anyway, you ready to jump into a new message called Worn Out, (laughs) a new space for rest? Let's dig in. But before we do it, let's pray. Dear God, would you just help us to focus our heads and hearts on you this morning? We need you to show up. We need you to do something new. Your spirit to move through your word, to make an impact in our hearts and our minds. Help us to focus on you, not all the distractions that surround us. In Jesus' name, amen. Worn Out, that's the name of this message, and we're going to find a new space for rest by the end of it. Listen, this is going to be a little different. I got some really practical things at the end of this message. That's why you can't like cut out early. They don't watch the beginning and be like, oh, that intro stunk, or that joke was dumb. We'll go watch a replay or find somebody else on YouTube. Like, Forget that noise by the end of this message We have some really practical stuff to help you find more rest in life. By the end of this service, because don't you just watch the sermon and then bolt. We follow the message with worship. It's our spiritual response when we hear from God is to worship Him. So by the end of this service, I'm really hoping that you already are experiencing a new space for rest. Maybe your focus will shift a little bit. And you'll see it, see God and his presence and how to practice it a little bit different. A new space for rest, but I'm worn out. I've been worn out. That's why I didn't preach last week. It's because some, the preachers got to practice what they preach. And so I had to, had to practice breaking a rhythm. Even though it was a good rhythm, it was a broken rhythm so that I could be restful and in the right frame of mind and heart to bring you God's word today worn out. Some things wear you out faster than others you could probably create a list i don't know who you're watching this with and i know that there's probably some names that are going to end up on your list if you're being really transparent so i'm just going to say keep your list to yourself for right now but there are some things and some people that wear you out faster than others they just suck the energy right out of you they they just You you could start the day good, right? Like ready to go. You had your cup of coffee, you're ready to crush it, and then one voicemail sucks energy right out of you. It's always voicemail for me. I I don't know about you. It's always voicemail for me. I think because voicemail has lost its place in the functioning of my life. It's, It's not really needed anymore. There's a few people I love getting voicemails from because I love to hear their voice. I love getting voicemails from my wife and my grandmothers. I love to hear their voice. They can leave me voicemails whenever they want. If you're not on that list, I don't love hearing your voice on my voicemail machine. I may love hearing your voice in person, but I don't want to... Voicemails don't function... (laughs) I'm going to get myself in trouble here in a minute. They just don't function that well anymore. They've been replaced by text messages. And in my busy, crazy, fast life, in a life full of scheduling and a calendar on my phone that is constantly being filled up, listen, text messages just, they just work way better. And so voicemails are dysfunctional and they drain my energy. Listen, uh, that, that's, what, that's what happens. Things that don't function well, that, that don't fit into the design of our lives, they wear us out. <laughs> you, you probably have some dysfunction in your life wearing you out. Maybe those people that you put on that list are a little dysfunctional and it's wearing you out maybe those those things they don't really fit into your plan for your life or the direction you're going the things you listed on there th- their hiccups their their disruptions their detours in the way you want to go and the pace you want to go in that direction and they wear you out dysfunction always drains the system uh, In our crazy, busy lives, God has a design for us that takes better care of our hearts and our bodies and our heads than anything we can come up with. In in God's infinite wisdom, He designed a, a way of functioning for us that builds rest into our lives that has us experiencing more joy in life, more peace in life, more confidence in life. He has a design for us that doesn't wear us out. After all, he said, my burden is easy, my yoke is light. Come to me, all who are tired and weary and heavy laden, and you will find rest. God's got a design for you. And for life, it's voicemail free, and it's going to have you experiencing more rest. That's how he set up the whole system. In the beginning, he designed rest into the creation story, not because he needed rest, but because he knew we would need rest part of the ten commandments it's in there like set aside the sabbath focus on him because he knew we would need to connect with him amidst all of the distractions that we would be people overrun by our circumstances owned by our schedules worn down by the people in our lives drugged down by the dysfunction that we bring to the equation and we would need him And the rest that he has for us. You see, when we're functioning the way we have been designed to function, we find the rest we need for the journey ahead. Dysfunction throws a wrench into the whole system and wears us out. And dysfunction always pops up at the absolutely worst moments. Maybe I should change the title of this. I'm going to shoot Scott a message we're going to change the title of this to dysfunctional. <laughs> maybe because it's, it's what we're talking about and maybe because I'm a little bit dysfunctional too. Like, come on. Dysfunction always wears us out the fastest. Uh, you know, this story we're looking at is found in Exodus chapter 30, 33. The context of it goes way back before then. I, w- I want to tell you the context, but the first thing I want to, capture is a couple verses in here, And, and starting in verse 12, we're going to jump around a little bit, but it says this, Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You've said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you're pleased with me, teach me your ways, so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. Pretty intense conversation, pretty honest conversation Moses is having with God. It's it's a conversation that is following some pretty rough dysfunction and Moses' exhaustion as he looks at the task ahead of him. He's worn out. The Lord replies, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Moses says to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you've asked because I am pleased with you and I know you. Then Moses said, show me your glory. I love this honest and desperate conversation Moses is having with God. It's a desperate conversation born out of a worn out place, and it's a worn out place for Moses because dysfunction flared its ugly head, caused its ugly disruption at the absolute worst time. You you know, dysfunction always pops up At the worst time. That problem in your relationship, your your significant other, that, that fight that's been lingering in the background will rear its ugly head at the worst possible moment for you. When everything else seems to be falling apart. After your boss just lit you up at work and you're having the worst day ever. It always seems to... It, dysfunction pops up when you went to Walmart for a quick in and out to pick up one thing. The kids were great the entire time. You get to the checkout line that's moving at the at, a, at the pace of a snail and you say, no, you can't have a, the, the piece of gum because I got a cart full. And the meltdown happens with everybody watching you. It's always... At the worst possible times. The context for this desperate conversation and Moses' worn out heart is one of the worst moments in the nation of Israel's history. Moses had just been up on the mountain receiving God's command, his commandments for the nation of Israel. These weren't rules to bind them up. To hurt them, to harm them, to control them. That's not how God operates. He's designed a system for you to experience the best life possible. Through how he leads you. And so Moses is up meeting with God and getting the commandments and writing them down. And these commandments were to protect God's people, to keep them set apart, to help them experience joy, to protect them physically from harm, to keep them from eating the things that were going to kill them, to help, you know, it, 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 God's design as they would march forward into the promised land to help protect his people and help them experience the fullness of the life that he has for them but while Moses is up on the mountain the people are down in the muck saying God's gone he left the building Moses our leader he's abandoned us it couldn't be further from the truth if you're going through a time right now where you're starting to think has God abandoned me I don't see his hand in my life. His direction. Don't buy the lie. It'll add dysfunction to your life. It'll wear you down. Take you off track. It's the detour you don't need to take. And... So while Moses was up on the hill, they bought the lie that God had abandoned them, and they built a calf. It's a long story. I don't have time to preach it right now. They built a calf, like a a, a calf, and they started worshiping the calf. Moses comes down with Joshua, hears this like ruckus, and Joshua's like, it's the sound of war. And Moses like, no, it's the sound of singing, and it was neither. It was the sound of outright rebellion, dysfunction, flared at the worst possible moment. A whole bunch of junk would happen as a consequence of this kind of like wicked swell of the hearts of man, man that God loved uh, as a result. But what happened was the dysfunction is wearing Moses down. And part of the consequence was God had told Moses, you're going to have to go ahead and lead these people to the promised land. And I can't go with you right now because it's not going to be good. These people need to learn some lessons without me. I, I can't, I'm not going to hold their hand. They, they have to learn some lessons without me right now. And Moses is like, man, looking at the task of leading a rebellion, a rebellious people forward. A people who were just outright disregarded him and God. That, that he's, he's looking forward to this and, he, and God, without the presence of God, he's like, I can't. I'm worn out. This, there's a couple of dysfunctions here that I think we got to note. Three. Three dysfunctions that will wear you out really fast. The first is detour. You could call it disobedience. It's detouring from God's perfect and good plan from your life. The plan that will lead you to fullness of heart and soundness of mind. The plan that injects joy into your heart and life. It's detouring from that. You can call it sin. You can call it disobedience. You can call it rebellion. But detours always exhaust your system. And some of you are exhausted because your heart has been running in the wrong direction for too long. You've been resisting God. It's been leading you to to difficult stuff. Maybe it's stuff that feels good for a moment but then leaves you feeling empty. Detours always will wear you down, and they wear out your heart. It's a lack of trust in a God who has your best for you. It's missing the mark when it comes to following him. The second dysfunction, I think that, that one's an easy one to fix, by the way. I should not move past that. That one's just a, I see it, and I'm sorry, and I need you, God. Kind of conversation that's just a man i have been running in the wrong direction and you know these extracurricular relational things they may seem fun and exciting for a moment but they are killing me on the inside it may be like yeah, I'm, I'm dabbling in some stuff to make me feel better but it's killing me on the inside my heart when i really see it is way more worn out then when I started running in the wrong direction, and that's just about God's grace and accepting it by saying, God, I'm sorry, I need you, would you make me clean, and then walking forward in a new direction. All right, the, sec- the second thing that I think dysfunction pops up and wears us down is, is uh, it's disruption to God's plan for us. Disruption is another kind of dysfunction that keeps us from operating God's system where he's designed us rest for our hearts and our minds and our souls It's disruption. The disruption that comes in the path of the Israelite people on the way as a result of the detour they take is just has this huge and painful and difficult lessons to the middle of the story. Sometimes I think disruptions come because of our detours and sometimes they come because of other people's detours, but when the, our following Jesus gets disrupted, it always exhausts our system. The third kind of, is disappointment, and Moses is dealing with all kinds of stuff here, but mostly I think he's probably dealing with disappointment in the people that he has loved and been leading for so long. Dysfunction pops up the absolute worst time, and it drains our system. It leaves us worn out, and it needs us to find a new space for rest to move forward. That's what Moses needed right here in this moment. He needed to find a new space to rest with God so he could find confidence and peace And wisdom to take the steps he needs to take to go forward. And my guess is, if you're looking forward, what you could use right now is a little more peace about the decisions you have to make next. If you're looking to move forward and you have some decisions you gotta make and some steps you gotta take in the next weeks and months, my guess is what you really are hoping for is a little more peace about those decisions and how they're going to all turn out. My guess is that if you're unsure about the decisions, if you're second-guessing some of the decisions you need to make and you're you're second-guessing some of the steps forward, it's not completely clear for you, my guess is that what you need is a little more confidence so that you could take those steps without looking back. That's what Moses needs in this moment, and fortunately for Moses, he had four fortunate things. How smart sounding is that? I I can't dress it up any better. I got two fours and a thing on the end, like four fortunate things that in this moment, we're going to get real practical. This is a little seminar on rest right now. Four things, take the notes, write them down, four fortunate things he had set up in his relationship with God, that helped him find the confidence to go forward. It helped him find the peace. To move forward, knowing that God's with him, it helped him find the strength he needed to keep carrying on leading a rebellious people, and it helped him find that other thing I just mentioned too that I forget about. Like he, everything he needed he found because he had these four fortunate things, it's no mistake, four fortunate things set up to help him find a new space for rest to give him what he needed to move forward. You ready? Whatever you got to do to move forward right now, whatever decisions you have to move forward on, whatever Changes to your life you're thinking about, whatever you got going on, these four things will help you find a new space for rest, and the confidence, and the peace, and the strength to take the steps God is leading you toward. The first thing he had set up was he had a a fortunate rhythm. You ever, some of you have unfortunate rhythms, both in your legs and in your life. I love people watching at weddings. I I go to a lot of weddings because um, I perform a lot of weddings. Fortunately for me, a lot less right now. Uh, but, you know, a lot of – that sounds terrible. I'm sorry to rain on your parade. I, I love – one of the things I love doing at weddings is people watching, and there's always somebody who's trying to drag people out on the dance floor. You know, it's usually the person that ends up dancing like MC Hammer. They, 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 There's people with that kind of rhythm. You know, it doesn't matter what the song. It doesn't matter. They just do the, like, da-da-da-da-da thing with the baggy pants. They look good. Everybody's like, whoa, that person is so cool. They're the life of the party. And then you got people that dance like Blake Shelton, right? Like Blake Shelton, he like kind of stands and sways. That's all he's got. He doesn't got any move. If he moves his arms, he looks stupid. He can't. I love Blake. Don't get me wrong. He's, I, think, I think Blake and I should hang out. Hey, Blake, if you need a pastor, I'm, I'm here for you. I know you got a wedding coming up with Gwen. Hit me up. I know I said some stuff about doing weddings before. Just disregard that, you know, like we can make it happen Some people dance like you, you got people different rhythms. At weddings when I watch, there's always somebody trying to drag people out. They'll drag a Steve Urkel out, and they'll drag they'll drag a Carlton out. They'll drag all kinds of people out. People have fortunate rhythms and they have unfortunate rhythms. And when somebody stretches people onto the dance floor, you find out what rhythm they have. Are they a MC Hammer? Are they a Blake Shelton? Are they a Carlton? Are they a Steve Urkel? Are they a whoever, right? Like when they're stretched onto the dance floor, you discover what rhythm they have. When life stretches you, You discover what rhythm in life you have been living in. You don't really pay attention to it until you're stretched thin, until things get difficult. But when things get difficult, when the dysfunction flares up at the worst moment, you learn what rhythm you got. Some of y'all have unfortunate rhythms. You run to things that don't help you find rest. They just exhaust you more. The coping mechanisms you have designed into your life, they don't leave you better off. They leave you hungover. The the things that you have designed into your rhythm don't help you move to a better spot in your relationships. They actually complicate your relationships. But the hard part is you don't find out what your rhythm is until life stretches you. Moses is stretched thin. Because of the dysfunction and the detour and the disruption and the, (laughs) he stretched thin and what we find out about him in the midst of his disappointment is he actually has a really good rhythm in his relationship with God. You see, Moses, it tells us in verse 33, there was a tent, he used to pitch it outside the camp some distance away and he called it the tent of the meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent meeting outside of camp. It's, it's, not, it's intentional that Moses set this tent up outside of camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrance to their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, a pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance. Significance of God's presence meeting him there while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud at the entrance, they all stood and worshipped and each at the entrance of their own tent. And the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp. This conversation that he needed so badly with, with God, it was part of his rhythm. The context was the spiritual rhythm of seeking God. And meeting God that he had built into the system, the fortunate rhythm you need is a rhythm where you keep finding yourself in a space to meet with and find the presence of God in your life. It's a fortunate rhythm, it's a rhythm that prioritizes his spiritual health, it's a rhythm that gets out of the routine of doing things for others to find space to be ministered to himself. It's a, it's a rhythm that breaks the, uh, y- you know, one of the things I'm so proud about our worship our all of our staff members here. I mean, you know, they're doing a ton of stuff. Um, I don't even know if they're going to like that I say this, but they do a ton of stuff on Sunday mornings all over the place. But yet, Usually, maybe not every Sunday, some Sundays I tell them to skip to take care of their families, but most Sundays you'll find them at some point in a, in, a, in a Sunday set of series sitting in the audience on their butts, not doing anything, but listening. They hear me talk enough, but here they are, right? Like, they, they come and they sit and they worship and they listen and they're searching for God, and they're seeking his presence in their life, and they want to hear from him, that's a good rhythm to be in. Sometimes you got to stop doing something. you got to get out of town. you got to get out of your home. you got to get away from the people that need something from you, and you need a new rhythm of taking care of your soul by meeting and spending time with God and being in his presence. Sunday morning should be a space for you like that. But you need more than Sunday mornings. You see, his rhythm was his tent outside of camp where he would go talk to God. If you got a broken rhythm, you got to break it. If If you do not have a space in your life for you to meet with God, you are not going to find true rest. If you don't have a tent outside of camp where you can go and pray and talk to God, if you don't have a place where you can turn the worship music up and not have to worry about what other people are saying or thinking about you, if you don't have a space where you can dig into his word, you're not going to find rest. He had a healthy rhythm. I I get into bad rhythms that still lead to good things and I need to break a broken rhythm even if it costs me something even if it's giving me good results. Like, hey, I love preaching. The results are, it's what God's called me to do. It's what he's gifted me to do. But last week, I had to break a broken rhythm I had and sit down for a Sunday, drop the mic for a Sunday, and it didn't really matter what happened. It didn't matter who showed up. If somebody came just to hear me, it didn't even matter because you have to break a broken rhythm to find a new one. If you got a broken rhythm right now because you're not finding space for God, you're not taking care of your own heart, you're not meeting with him and seeking his presence and connecting with him, no wonder you're apathetic. No wonder life's going in the wrong direction. No wonder you're so worn out. If you have a broken rhythm, even if it's productive at work, even if it's more cash in your bank account, you have to break your broken rhythm now. Number two, he had boundaries. I don't even know what those are most of the time. At least I live like I don't know what those are most of the time. When he went out to the tent, nobody else came out with him. Joshua guarded the entrance to the tent so that he would be undisturbed in the tent. You catch that in that passage? He had a guard keeping, keeping the boundary intact. The people knew, you stay at your own tent You can watch what happens from a distance, but you don't get to walk with Moses to the tent. You don't get to wait outside the door for Moses with the tent. You don't get to go in the tent with Moses. Moses had some boundaries set up to protect what was a priority. Without boundaries, you will sacrifice what's most important. What should be a priority will slip away. And what fills the vacuum of that space is nonsense, less important stuff, and stuff that'll just add a burden to your life. You got to establish boundaries, and then once you establish boundaries, you communicate them clearly to people around you so they know what you need. They know when you need space to just be alone, I don't know, to do yoga, to not have anybody talk to you. They know when you need to turn the music up and the volume of others down. You got to establish some boundaries and like guys, man, like take a day off and don't pick up your cell phone if work calls. You got to set some boundaries to protect what's most important. If you don't, garbage will fill the space. Boundaries. We got to keep moving here because I'm running out of time. Find boundaries. You want to know how to find good boundaries? Talk about it with the people that love you the most, the people that you live with. Talk about it with them. Say, what kind of boundaries do I need? Jen's constantly reminding me of boundaries that I need. you got to take a day off. you got to put the phone down. You can't answer people from work. You can't return a call. You, You can't mess with that stuff on vacation. You have to have boundaries, and they have to be clear, and once you have them, you have to protect them. The third thing, right, like the third thing he does is he uh, has this brutally honest conversation with God. They talked face-to-face as one speaks to a friend. I think some of you, this hasn't translated from religion to relationship with God because you're still treating it so proper. Listen, we should respect God and honor God with how we... With our words and our heart, but this is a relational design he's given us for doing life with him, not for practicing religion in honor of him. We honor God with how we live, with what we say, and with how we follow him. Most of all, we honor God with how we love others and love him. It's a relationship where you can be brutally honest with God. It may feel weird at first to have that kind of conversation in your prayer time where you just lay it all out there in front of him, but it is so important and will deepen your relationship with him. Maybe you've been treating this like proper religion and you need to treat it like a relationship with a friend, and that may sound crazy, I just want to encourage you, it's God's heart for you, you should take him up on the offer. It says Jesus is the friend of sinners. He wants to be your friend. And you can start by being brutally honest about what's going on. Moses has that conversation where he's like, I can't go unless you go. I can't do it unless you're there. Don't send me. I'm going to remind you of your promises to us. i got to hold you to this God because I'm undone without you. I don't even want to participate. If you're not going to show up for me, he just puts it all out there, a brutal honest conversation with God, what would happen in your prayer life if you dropped the grocery list of requests you had for him and you started to get real honest about your struggle in your marriage to him? What would happen in your life if you dropped all of the praying for everybody's stub toe and all the other things we like to list together and you started just being really honest with god about your doubts about your fears about your frustrations about your heartaches about your hurts and you started to practice in conversation with him a dependence that lays your heart out in front of him and says god if you don't show up i can't do it If you're not here for me, I'm not going to make it. I I don't want to participate if you're not going to be who you say you are. And the fourth thing is he practices being in the presence of God. It's an essential part of his rhythm. He left where he was going. He he had the boundaries set up. The most important piece that brings rest is God's presence. I think that's why some of you have tasted that here. It's not because of me or the, the worship music. It's because God breaks through the distractions and He connects with your heart and you experience His presence. His presence always results in some stuff. It results in confidence to go forward, it results in strength, even in the midst of your weakness, it results in peace even though your circumstances would rather pitch you chaos, and most importantly, it results in rest. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Moses didn't even ask for rest. When you spend time with God, whether it's by getting away and worshiping or reading your Bible or listening to the sermon or showing up to church or doing online church, or when you make time and you lean into the presence of God, the stuff you didn't even know about asking for, the stuff you needed but don't have words for, the stuff that's lacking in your life but you can't see clearly, God has all of it for you. It's found when you connect with his presence. He didn't know he needed rest. He didn't see it coming. He didn't ask for rest. He didn't see it coming. But God would give it to him as he walked alongside him anyway because God knew he would need it. I think that's the most beautiful thing about this. Moses is like, do you see me here? I'm worn out. I can't go on without you. Do you hear what I'm dealing with? And what I'm saying to you? Do you remember that you said we were your people? That you promised to go with me? Do you remember that I found favor with you? Do you remember that you're pleased with me? I need you to teach me. I can't do it without you. And God's response is, I see you. And I hear you, and I still know you, and I'm with you. That's the reminder you find when you cut the distractions out, find a rhythm of doing life with God, set up some boundaries to protect it. That's, the, that's what you find. When, when you get honest with God and you start practicing being in, spending time in His presence, it's a God who reminds you that He sees you, that He hears you, that He knows what you need, and that He's with you no matter what. I mean, talk about the confidence to go forward. More importantly, talk about the rest He needed to make it. It was found by practicing being in the presence of God. Listen, I know you got crazy stuff going on in life. I know you're worn out. It's a busy time of year. It's been a busy couple of years. We were tired before we had all this extra stuff to deal with. We're probably even more tired now. I know you're tired on the inside. You're worn down by all the dysfunction you see around you. Some of it's yours and some of it's other people. Listen, the way to find a new space for rest is to end up in the presence of God. That's what you were doing in participating in his word this morning and his worship. So don't check out. Out. Spend the next couple of songs. We're going to get to them in a moment here. As soon as I shut up, we're going to get to some more songs. What an opportunity for you to just practice sitting in his presence and worshiping him. His presence is something we invite. It's not something we acknowledge. It's something we welcome. So, so before we do another thing, would you just take a moment with me? And say, God, I invite your presence. I'm going to practice some new rhythms. I'm going to set up some new boundaries. I'm going to be honest with you. But first, I want to invite your presence into my life. I want to invite your presence into this moment. I welcome you in every aspect of my life. And as I worship you, would you remind me that you know me, that you see me, that you hear me, and that you're with me. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence that helps sustain us no matter what happens in life. And for the rest it brings for our souls. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Good morning, Grace family and friends. We are so glad you have joined us to worship at our online campus. I wanna take a moment and talk a bit about why we as a church encourage giving. Did you know that giving is considered an act of worship? It's true, Paul addressed the Philippian church on this very thing. In Ephesians 4, 18 through 19, Paul states, I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. Paul of course is referring to their offerings here. Paul continues, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Paul used these gifts to further the mission of spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. And just like Paul, our mission at Grace Free Church is to share this good news throughout Schuylkill County. We want you to be a part of this mission as well. By partnering with us, we can reach the people of Schuylkill County. In fact, we can't do it without you. You may be thinking, how, how do I partner with Grace Free Church? Well, one way is through giving. We made this partnership process very simple. In fact, we have several methods to assist you in joining this mission. You can mail your gift to the church, you can text your gift to 570-528-2060, or you can give online by clicking the Give Online button on this page. The Give Online button also has a recurring giving option, which is a great way to schedule your gift giving. We appreciate you and are excited to see what God has in store for this church.
0: thanks for worshiping with us today. I'm praying that that message and that music was a blessing to your heart. God loves you. He's for you. He's got something for you. And I'm glad you cut the space away to prioritize Him today. Listen, before you go, we have a ton of awesome events planned this summer, incredible worship nights, services, special services, the launch of a new physical location, all absolute incredible stuff, and you're going to want to get on our email or text list so that you don't miss a thing. We're not going to flood your inbox or blow up your phone. We're just going to send you a few things, maybe one a week, to keep you up to date on what's really important listen we don't do announcements uh, so this is the way to stay up to date with all of the absolute incredible stuff at grace free church to do that if you're at gracefreechurch.live just hit that great connect button below the video if you're on youtube you can send us an email and ask to be added to the list at office at gracefreechurch.net wherever you're watching this make sure that you're signing up. You don't want to miss incredible stuff going on this summer at Grace Free Church. I'm so glad you're part of this movement. I'm so glad that you joined us. I'm so glad that you're here. I hope you know how much you are loved at Grace Free Church. Way more importantly, I hope you know God loves you. Have an awesome day.